This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Today's episode of Lead Singer Syndrome is brought to you by Loot Crate. Head over to lootcrate.com slash leadsinger and enter promo code GIFTING15 to save 15% off all Loot Crate subscriptions. What is up, all my sinners? Welcome to another episode of Lead Singer Syndrome. As you may probably already know, my name is Shane. Each week, I'm here every Monday bringing you a conversation with another lead singer, and we talk about what it's like to be the professional frontman or frontwoman of a band. Now, this is episode 57. Can you believe it? 57 times I have recorded an intro to this thing. And today we're going to do it a little bit differently. I'm going to bring this show to you completely unedited, even this intro, no editing. Uh, well, there's a little bit of editing in one part of the episode where Rody and I's call fucks up and I cut out some silence. But other than that, this is an unedited episode, which is something I just thought I wanted to bring to you guys just to kind of see, you know, some of the things that I fix here and there. And, you know, when I stutter and whatever, these things happen. And uh, yeah, so if I'm messing up words like I do a lot, Uh, you're going to know why. So no black magic, no editing this time. I'm giving it to you straight. So uh, first off, huge, huge, huge podcast news. I talked about it a little bit over the last few weeks, but we are officially launching the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. Woo! (laughs) So here's how it works. Um, The podcast will always be free, so I don't want people worrying about that. It will always, always, always be free. But I know there's a lot of people out there that are super fans and one episode per week is just not enough for you. So basically for a small monthly cost, you can get more content, bonus episodes. Um, I'm doing some conversations with some people that are not lead singers, believe it or not. So that'll be something as a bonus. I'm going to be doing video chats where I'll be, you know, answering your questions, maybe playing some tunes, whatever. And also you'll be able to interact with other lead singer syndrome fans, get your name thanked at the end of an episode all this stuff and it's all for a super super low monthly price another thing i know you guys want i know you guys want merch well merch is awesome i love merch so if you pay a little bit more you can get stuff sent to you in the mail um every three months and you'll be getting stuff uh it's really really cool and just that support that you give us every month it does mean a lot and we want to give back um also if you want merch um you know to buy buy shirts and all that stuff that's actually only going to be available if you're in the club. So we're going to make the merch super cheap, and it's going to be awesome. So we really want to make it cool, and we want that thing like where you see someone with the shirt. Well, hey, you know they're in the club. You know that's somebody you interact with on Facebook, and I really want this to be special. So there's going to be a private Facebook page set up. Only a mem- I'm going to be there on there all the time. There'll be other members on there all the time. It's going to be rad. We're also doing this thing. If you go for the physical club, like I said, we're going to be sending you patches every three months so you can collect the patch. I just think it's awesome and super cool, and I want this to be super, super special for people that care as much about the show as I do. So um, on Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we're launching it. So that's in a couple days. I'm sure you follow me on social media already, but I'll be blasting away. So follow me on there. 3 p.m. Wednesday, it's going to be launched. 
Now, I know I'm going on and on about this. I'm sure in everyone's head is, well, how much is this thing going to cost, Shane? It's going to start at $6 a month. That's for the digital only, which gets all the perks that I mentioned. If you want to do the physical, it's only $3 more a month. So it's $9. You get stuff in the mail. Uh, you get the patches like I talked about, all the cool stuff. And, of course, there's going to be a couple higher tiers for you crazy people that want to do all the crazy stuff. So absolutely go for it. Um, Hey, it makes a great gift. Christmas is coming. Maybe you want a special gift for the loved one in your life. This really is the gift that keeps on giving. The gift that keeps on giving. So, 3 p.m., check it out. I cannot wait. Um, On other news, I'm going on tour with River Oaks, my solo project, December 26th to 30th. These tickets also make great gifts, by the way. So, if you live in New York City, Philly, Detroit, uh, Pittsburgh, or uh, Cleveland, Check it out, riveroaksmusic.com. Tickets are like 12 or 13 bucks. I'll be playing a shitload of Silverstein songs. So it's going to be really, really fun. So please check it out again, riveroaksmusic.com. This weekend in Toronto, Stay Warm Festival. It's finally here, the 17th and 18th. 17th, Silverstein headlining with American Nightmare. What a band. Citizen, Code Orange, many more. And on the 18th, we have this week's guest, Brody who is in Protest the Hero. They are headlining with the Flatliners, Wilhelm Scream. River Oaks is playing that show as well. So get your tickets now. Um, I think there's two-day passes available, maybe still. Uh, there might be tickets at the door, but regardless, be there. It's seriously such a great lineup. You do not want to miss it. So, as always, um, I should mention we do have all the social medias, so check those out. Get in touch if you want. I love hearing the feedback. LeadsingerSyndrome at gmail.com. And, um, yeah, that's it. So, let's get to it. Speaking of Protest the Hero, I'm so excited to bring you this unedited chat, well, mostly, with my good friend, Rody. Man, <laughs> this, guy is, this guy is super hilarious, so I can't wait for you to hear it. So, here it is. My conversation with Rody Walker of Protest the Hero. Hey, buddy. Hey, bud. How you doing? Very good. Very good. Nice to talk to you. It's nice to talk to you. Can you, can you hear me okay? Oh, what the fuck? Hello? Can you not hear me? Mm. Yeah, I did another interview the other day, and I think my reception was cutting out like crazy. I don't know what's going on. No, it's fine. I, I'm using this. Like, I got the new iPhone, and the, the fucking cable that comes with it's, like, all sketchy. Oh really? Like yeah, it's so weird. I don't know, man. I'm I'm not really that jazzed on the like one plug. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, my phone's at, my phone's at thirty percent right now, and uh, hopefully it lasts an hour. You know, or however, however long we're gonna talk to. You, <laughs> you know, like like it's it's yeah, funny yeah. how that how that you know it's like so short sighted. It's like okay, I can't record audio out of my phone and charge it at the same time. <laughs> Great, thanks for that. But it's better. <laughs> but it's better. Yeah, it's funny because it's like I'm so stoked on the new iPhone, but I know that it's just the same old shit, and there's going to be problems. Yep. It's like I don't have it, but I want it so bad. <laughs> like I'm just a slave to the fucking to Apple. We're slaves. We're slaves. Yeah. What happened? 
Where are the punk yeah, kids? Know. Where are the punk kids from Witchy, you know? They died with the dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, it's great to have you. Um, finally, we've been talking about doing this for like <laughs> yeah. a year. Yeah. I, like, I'm a big fan of the show. I listen, Frig, I listened to your Frank Turner one today. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I listen I was a ton. To I love him. it, man. Thank you, man. Oh, he's the best. Yeah, man. And, and, so honest that guy you know what i mean like yeah. he just every time you know i mean i would oh, be on. bummed is if it, he wasn't is it cool if I, one second is it cool if i do a podcast in here do you need the lounge okay no worries yeah we're um we're sharing a bus uh on this tour yeah we're in, oh, yeah. i'm in london right now we're sharing a bus uh on the tour so you know I had like trying to find a spot to do hey, the one podcast. of those double deckers. Yeah, it's a double decker. So I'm in like the we call it the Sky Lounge. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but anyways, dude, the one um, up by all the bunks. Let's yeah, exactly. There's 16 of us, 16 of us on this fucking bus. So, um, anyways, you know. um, dude, so great to have you. What is going on with you today, man? You're at you're at home in uh, in Canada. Yeah, I'm in Whitby. I moved back to the hometown a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, nothing's going on with me. I'm just <laughs> tinkering around the house today. That's cool. So yeah, you, so you what you moved you moved downtown for a while, like people like to do in their twenties, and then you're over it and you're back. Now you're are you what you're about thirty yeah. now? Yeah, I'm exactly thirty. You're exactly thirty, and you're back in the suburbs. Well, not exactly. Like I didn't turn thirty today, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. Uh, the my girlfriend and I, I guess my wife now. Uh, we moved to Toronto for four or five years and then I hated every second of it and, uh, moved back home, bought a house and fully domesticated now. Cool. Um, why did you hate living downtown? I don't really know. I mean, uh, part of the time we lived really far north, like where subways don't really go. And it was like, you know, someone would be like, Hey, let's meet downtown. I'd be like, eh. I got to get on a bus for like an hour, right? you know, and it really wasn't convenient for me, but we lived closer to the downtown core for part of it. And even then, you know, it was just, it's kind of like I was getting to that point in my life where it's like, I'm getting older. I don't care as much about, you know, getting really drunk with friends and staying out <laughs> all night, sure. you know? So, uh, yeah, I think the time just came and we were like, let's get the fuck out of Toronto, go back home maybe think about buying a house and we got fortunate enough to get into the market before it got absolutely insane. And right. here She's we are. Whitby too? She is. Yeah. We that's, went to high school together. Oh, uh, high school sweethearts. That <laughs> high school sweethearts. <laughs> yeah. That's very cute. I've been drinking. Yeah. Don't mind me. Uh, no, that's um, all right. I still, I'm still into getting drunk and staying out late just so you know. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's still, that's still my MO. Um, no, dude. Well, hey, it's really good to have you on the show. First time on the show. We've been talking about it for a long time. And yeah. uh, what's going on right now with protest? Obviously, we've got the big Stay Warm Fest show coming up mm-hmm. December 17th and 18th. Protest headlining one day, Silverstein headlining the other day. Um, but what are you doing with your time right now? You guys are working on new stuff, uh, getting ready for a tour. What's going on? Uh, well, we just released an uh, EP, which we also kind of released a year ago. So yep. we're just sort of rehashing the same old shit. But uh, 
<laughs> you know, we're right now we're just trying to practice those songs and get them ready for a live environment. Turns out we may have been a little ambitious. Uh, but, you know, we're just trying to get it together so that we can, you know, when we play on the 18th, that's kind of the final day of our uh, Canadian tour. Like we're flying out west in a week and we're going to haul our asses back across the country to right. be there for Stay Warm Fest, uh, which I'm super stoked for. I mean, uh, it's a great lineup. We really like, yeah. like basically people that are listening that are in Toronto that don't know. Basically, it's a it's a festival that we did last year. Um, one day, and this year we expanded it to two days, but basically we've handpicked all the bands. Uh, there, a lot of them are really close friends and bands we really like, you know, like American Nightmare, which is like crazy, and, you know, Wilhelm Scream, who's on your tour. So it's really, really a great yeah. lineup. Yeah, I wish, I kind of wish the Flats were doing our entire tour. Like, when I saw them on that date, I was so stoked. Like, I love that band. Yeah. And, like, we haven't we used to play shows with them constantly when we were young and like haven't played a show with them in years and years and years and since then i've just been listening to them constantly i might be their fucking number one fan <laughs> you know but uh yeah really excited to play with those guys and river oaks is playing huh? that's right that's, I'm, i'll be that's there pretty fucking cool i'm opening for yeah. some technical uh punk punk metal bands or whatever so that'll be weird <laughs> Um, okay. I'm sure it'll work just fine. I saw you. Uh, I saw you open up for uh, the Wonder Years. Oh, you were there. Yeah, yeah. It was oh, fucking cool. awesome, man. I was nervous yeah. as fuck. Well, I bet. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I couldn't have done that, man. Like you give me a fucking acoustic guitar and you put me in front of like two people. I can't do it. No. You know, it's no. like, and it sucks because it's like, oh, I'm a professional. This is what I do for a living, and I can't do it. So I can't even imagine that crowd of kids looking at you. But you did great. It sounded well, fucking amazing. Well, thank you, buddy. Um, I got to ask you, though, like you're talking about performing and stuff. Um, is that something mm -hmm. that you still you still get nervous when you perform? Or uh, do you, you know, do you have those kind of feelings? Because you've been doing it a long yeah. time. Yeah, I mean, one benefit for me is that I am pretty blind, right? So I take my glasses off. I don't really see any faces. And, <laughs> you know, all those yeah. feelings of nerves kind of go away. But I get more like, stressed out you know because it's like on the road the entire time i'm pretty fucking stressed just based on the state of my voice right it's like you know like if it's three shows in it's always like three shows in my voice starts going away a bit and it's like oh my god i'm gonna lose my voice really badly not be able to do the rest of the tour and i just like build this huge thing up in my mind and end up like a ball of stress in my bunk yeah uh but then as it goes on, it's like, you know, I'll have a couple really, really rough shows there. Uh, but then I like it kind of strengthens up and it gets used to the abuse. And by the end, it's like, well, you know, I could sing every day for the rest of my life and be fine. Yeah, it's a common thing that happens with when I talk to singers on the show about singing is like, I think it was actually we bring up the Wonder Years. I think mm -hmm. Soupy from the Wonder Years says when they start a tour, he does one show and then they take a day off. Yeah, and maybe two, and that's the thing. Like, y you can practice all you want, but it's different when you actually are on stage, like running around. There's the adrenaline and everything. Like your voice, just it's a whole another can of worms. Like figuring that out. So I, why don't why don't you guys do that? Like just have a couple couple shows, one two up to three, and then have a day off. Do you ever do stuff like that? Yeah, I mean that would be really smart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're not very smart people. Uh, you know, and it's, it's really something 
that like it's just in my head. You know what I mean? Like 90% of the like, oh, I'm losing my voice is in my head. And uh, I just need to really sit myself down, relax, and, you know, just do the best that I can. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it would be smart to give it a, a day rest and come back sure. stronger the next day. But, you know, I most of the time people aren't really thinking about me. <laughs> well, your voice, I mean, you have a very unique voice um, for – you know, this, this, the scene or whatever you want to fucking call it. You sing very, very high. Uh, is, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, are you like singing kind of at the top of your range when, when you're, oh. like, are you really pushing yourself? And, and is it like you're afraid that if you lose like, you know, a, a couple semitones, you just simply can't get there? Yeah. I mean, like most of the set, like I sing like two or three notes and they're all <laughs> my range. Right. And, uh, that's why all our songs sound the same. Cause I'm singing the same freaking notes over and over again. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like I'm, I'm at the peak of my range for most of the set. And then some of it goes beyond the peak of my range and it's just a nightmare. So yeah, if I lose a little bit of my voice, I lose it all. <laughs> yeah. You know, so that can be pretty freaking stressful for me. You ever cancel shows or do you just kind of have to just do your best? Um, for the most part, I just suck it up. You know, like back in the day, like we did a tour with the bled in like 2000, I want to say six. And I got like super sick, ended up in the hospital and that, like I, I had to bail out on a couple shows and that's really the last time that I've done it. Like, you know, if I got to go up and scream the entire set, I'll go up and do that just because right. it's like, you know what? I feel bad for kids that paid money and then I'm going to just be like in the back feeling sorry for myself. You know, sure. so I, I don't know. I, I feel like I owe it to the kids to go out there and at least fucking try. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Well, relating it back to myself as I do on this podcast, I had a pretty mm-hmm. rough, rough show in Germany a few days ago where it was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to sound raspy and like those yep. notes at the top of my range. Yeah, I might get there. I might not. And they might be screams. It, right. <laughs> exactly. And it wears you down a little bit, um, you know, in terms of your psyche and your, uh, you know, PMA. And uh, oh, yeah. that that's the worst part is just that. And then like you look at the schedule. OK, when's the next fucking day off? Hopefully I can rest and then I can be back, you know, next week. But. Yeah, it does in happen. Europe, they're like few and far between, right? In Europe, yeah, yeah. This this tour has been pretty for us has been pretty grueling. Like, you know, usually I think we had seven in a row, which is quite a lot. Um, yeah, that's pretty taxing. Yeah, and it's, especially because every time you you go to Europe or or Australia or whatever, when you have to fly somewhere, you start out with jet lag and not sleeping. Yeah, night, and which is you know, as most people know, as a singer, you really do need your sleep. So. Yeah, we always try when we fly anywhere that's you know further away than just the other side of the country. We try to get there at least a day or maybe two days before so we can sort of combat that uh, jet lag. But I mean, it doesn't usually work. You get there, you can't sleep. You're pretty excited. You have a bunch of beers, and then instead of jet lag, you're just super hungover and jet lag. So (laughs) yeah, I know the free (laughs) wine on the plane. It'll get me. It gets me. Yeah, Yeah. But you were talking about the new stuff being ambitious and mm-hmm. it sounded like you're a little bit scared <laughs> of performing the new EP live. Is that kind of the whole band like guitar ambitious wise, drum ambitious wise, or is it mostly you're just talking about your voice? 
I think it's uh, both my voice and guitars. Like, I don't want to put words in those other guys' mouths, but uh, it's difficult. But it's kind of how we've always done it. Like, I mean, no one's ever going to go and say that we are the tightest live band ever. Uh, So we'll (laughs) always figure out a way to slop through it. But, uh, you know, since since we've had a certain technology available to us, we stopped writing in like, like we used to sit in my parents' basement and write a fucking record, you know, all in one go, you know, all there. And, uh, you know, since we don't live particularly close to each other, we just, you know, use logic and we, I don't mean actual logic because it would probably be more logical to write the songs together, but you know, like (laughs) logic, the computer program. Yes. Hello. Did I lose you? Hello. Oh my god! Sorry, hello. I, I, uh, I got you, you got now. Me now. Yeah, sorry. I hit the mute button on my phone oh, with my face. No problem. It's a common, <laughs> that's okay. a common problem. I well, got high I, cheekbones. Okay, well, <laughs> I won't edit it. So, uh, just I think I lost you like, when we were talking about Logic, which is like a kind of like a Pro Tools program for people that don't know. Yeah, so we gotten kind of lazy over the years, and it's like we don't live particularly close to each other anymore, so we don't really get together to write. It's like they just send me a block of music. I write a bunch of lyrics and vocals over top of it, and I send it back to them. They tell me what they think. I go into the studio and I record it. And I like never once do we actually practice the song before it's recorded. So you guys don't even really so, get in the same room and t- crank up the amps anymore. No, that's wild. And then yeah, when we do get to practice, it's like we'll run one of those songs to the best of our capabilities and be like, "All right, everybody, go home and." practice the fuck out of this you know but like it always gets there somehow but we'll see i mean like i'm waiting for the day that the one song just beats us (laughs) right no the thing is is now you guys have i mean what you have four full-length records plus extra stuff uh Mm -hmm. you have a lot of stuff anyways that you're gonna play live like you don't even have to play everything right so when a song yeah. you practice it and it doesn't really work out, you don't even really have to play it, I guess, if you can't figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> which is kind of yeah, you know, because when you're when you're a young band, you have to play all your songs because it's all you have. Yeah, whether they're no, good, right. whether they're bad, whether they're easy, whether they're hard. Yeah, that's why I'm looking forward to. Like, we haven't done um, a support tour in a very long time. And I'm so excited to have like a half an hour, 45 minute set where it's like, well, this is all the time we got. Sorry, we couldn't get to those really difficult ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going out with August Burns Red. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's uh, early next year. Yeah. Sweet. It's like, I think it starts, we leave for it like December. No, not December, January 5th or 6th. Great. Great. No, there's some of yeah. our, some of our best friends and uh, I'm sure it'll be an awesome tour. Yeah. I've heard only good things about them. Uh, well, let's go back. We're talking about, you know, I guess one question while we're on the subject. Do you think that kind of letting the um, secret out that like bands these days aren't making records, like they're not even jamming together, like it's just sending like fake drums and get, you know, DI guitars into a computer back and forth? Like, do you think that bums out fans, especially like, you know, in the you know, metal genre who are more kind of like sometimes traditionalists in that, in that respect. Yeah. I mean, it might, but I mean, I think people have to be realistic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, I mean, you're, you're, being honest. you're being honest. I appreciate that. It's just, that's something no one's really talked about on this show. Like 
the latest Silverstein song, we didn't get in a room together. Actually, no, we did once just to make sure we could, yeah. the drums were okay. But uh, everything else, yeah, it was written with program drums back and forth and sent and everything. So, you know, you're doing entire records like that where you literally mm-hmm. aren't record, like you aren't getting together until you're recording. That's, that's going to like kind of blow people's minds. Really? <laughs> well, I, th- I, I mean, the- I thought it was fairly, fairly common knowledge. I mean, like in the progressive metal scene, it seems like a lot of bands are like really, really embracing technology, like even more than, you know, we are where they've incorporated a lot of it in their live shows and stuff like that. And I think people would be more bummed out to find out how many tracks a lot of bands are running. Yeah. Uh, during the live shows. But, uh, Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think uh, just everything's getting so slick. And I, like, I don't personally, like, I love Cam. I think he does a great job. He's the fellow who produces our stuff. But I've never really loved the production that's like slick as a pig's dick. You know? <laughs> yeah. I've always loved the stuff. And I think it's more, maybe more appropriate for us to have the stuff that kind of sounds a little more organic or not so, so tight. Cause there is no way for us to replicate that tightness live. Sure. Um, unless you fake it. Yeah. Unless which we is, were to fake it. Which is what bands start doing because they record yeah. everything so tight and so perfect. Then they play it live and it's a mess and yep. they're trying to sound like their records. And then they just basically are playing to their records live. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. I yeah. mean, at that point, you're you're paying for a ticket to see Britney Spears dance to her CD, right? Pretty much. Um, but I don't know. It's, I, th- I always think it's kind of interesting to see how, you know, like people talk about integrity in music and how it's here in like rock to some degree and how, you know, Justin Bieber or the big pop stars don't have it, but they don't really know how much of that stuff has bled down into like the smaller scenes and it's a lot more than people realize i think i think so too yeah i mean i i mean i always feel weird about like calling out bands on backing tracks and stuff i mean you know Mm -hmm. it's but it's very very common and i always feel the need to say my band doesn't use backing tracks um you know but it's like there's a lot that do and and you're right i think people would be more bummed out sorry i think i'm gonna oh i'm gonna Hello? It's weird. Hey, buddy. Hello. Hello. Oh, are you there? I'm here. Oh, weird. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I don't know what I don't know what happened. I'm gonna go like upstairs in my house just in case it sure. gets better reception or something. Yeah, I, don't I don't know. know. It's whatever. It's 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 been okay. This, this these things happen, man. Yeah. I I added. I mean, I'm a regular fine. listener. I've I've heard some of it happen that you've left in, and it's pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, I, I typically don't leave it in unless it's like kind of funny or it's a real edit problem. But yeah. this will be fine. Um, That's kind of one thing that I'm really interested about doing this is to see uh, like the editing, you know, like because yeah. I listen to I listen to it all the time. I listen to all of them, and it seems to me like you know, there's it's everything. You know, there's nothing edited out. But I don't cut out much. Uh, sometimes yeah. I'll cut out like. If someone says something like weird that I like think they yeah. might regret, uh, I do will cut that out. Like I do have that's integrity. real nice, yeah. I do have integrity for my guests, you know. Like um, I'm not trying to put anybody like 
you know, on blast. Um, and then sometimes, yeah. like, if I stutter a lot, I'll, I'll fix that, you know? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah. like, you know, other, otherwise, like, I don't really t- take out parts of people's stories that I think are boring or anything. Like, I think the whole point of the format is to keep it long, you know, and have ha- even mm. have moments like this where we're talking about what it is. It, because it, that's it's a real conversation, and, and this is the way you get to the real good shit. Is, is by having a long conversation, yeah. you know? Yeah. No, that's definitely what I enjoy about it. You know, it, it's, yeah. it's interesting because it's like even bands that, you know, like maybe I don't like or I'm not interested in or something like that, I'll still listen to it and you learn more about the person. And it's like everybody's fucking interesting. Everybody seems like at the end of it, I'm always like, that guy seems genuinely affable. And then they play <laughs> the song and I'm like, I, I can enjoy the song a little bit more knowing the person behind it yeah it's true and that's something like the the there's my stuttering you wouldn't believe how many people fans of this podcast are like oh yeah like i never really checked out this band before now like i love the band and i i guarantee you it's because you're spending an hour with this person and most of the people on my show are good good dudes dudettes and have compelling stories and reasons that they're musicians and reasons that they're singers and that makes their music mean more just like you said absolutely yeah i mean that's kind of why i'm hesitant to do this because it's like i listen to it and everybody's so friggin' interesting and then i'm kind of thinking about myself being like huh i don't have that much to say i haven't done that much (laughs) well we're gonna talk about that we're gonna talk about that right now we're gonna go back uh, to the beginnings of your band, you know, we grew up in the same scene in Southern Ontario mm-hmm. and you yep. guys are a bit younger than, than us. Um, it, you mm-hmm. guys kind of came up like sort of as a punk band. Um, yeah. I remember you guys being like almost like a political punk band. Like I, I thought of you guys <laughs> as kind of like, like a propaganda sort of thing, except you guys had, I mean, Not obviously good. Luke, no, I, I, I kind of like your early stuff to be honest, but, uh, you had Luke, you know, in your band who is just like a super shredder guitar player, um, which made your band kind of different because you were so technical. Um, so, but mm-hmm. you had, you guys also had this like punk, you know, kind of attitude and aesthetic. So talk about your upbringing, like when you guys got together as kids, you know, in the suburbs of Toronto, uh, and, and how that all started with you. Cause I, I think that that story is interesting. Yeah. I mean, we were just. I mean, it's kind of a typical story, right? Like, we were just kids in the suburbs. It's like Friday night, you go to the local movie theater, hang out with your friends and all sorts of stuff. And it was boring and it was stupid. And we wanted something more to do. And we were listening to, you know, a lot of no effects and propaganda and all the fat records, epitaph bands. And we were like, some of this stuff's kind of easy to do. Why don't we just grab some guitars and do it? Right. And, uh, you know, like we started without a drummer. We were two guitarists and a bassist. And then uh, Mo was on guitar at the time. He's like, I'm just going to go get a drum kit. Who gives a fuck? I'll learn it. (laughs) (laughs) And then he did. And, uh, you know, for the first little while, it was just standard rock time beats. And then he got that punk beat down and got the double kickers going there. And (laughs) I don't know. That That was so Canadian (laughs) the way you said that. <laughs> Got the double kickers down going down there. <laughs> that was amazing. The worst part is like I I picked that up from some guy we stayed with 
after a show in Brockville okay. like years and years ago. He took us out to his house and it was just like, it's in some place called like Crystal Rock or something like that. The guy's name was, there are two of them. They're Cody and Chud. Chud, okay. <laughs> and the guy was talking about like Slipknot or something. He's like, oh, fuck, that guy is flying on the double kickers there, isn't he? <laughs> it's like, as soon as he said it, it was just like, that is stuck in my brain. And it'll never be called anything else to me. <laughs> no, that's incredible, man. Um, so you were you were playing guitar or bass at this point, or you were just singing? I was just singing. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, like, even at that time, like, nobody was really any good at anything, but they were all a lot better than me at guitar. Right. You know, so it's like, I was just like, whatever, I'll just sing about it. And uh, I think that's how a lot of singers, like listening to your podcast, that's how a lot of people seem to have done it, was just like, well, we need a singer. I guess I'll do it. Yeah, exactly. You know? So that was kind of the case for me. Yeah. But your vocal style, I mean, is a lot, like you talk about propaganda and no effects and fat records bands. Mm -hmm. The way you sing is, I've never heard a band, like a punk band like that, sing like you do. Like, you know, your (laughs) style of singing is a lot more like... I don't want to be insulting. Like it's almost like a, you know, it's metal. Like it's like almost like like oh, yeah. uh, '80s metal in a way because you have such a high oh, range. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I went through this phase where I was like, I just want to get like the highest vocals I can get, sing as high as friggin' possible. And I started listening to like only Skid Row, you know, <laughs> like all the time. And I was just like, I want to learn what Sebastian Bach does. And then I picked up that sort of style in there. And, uh, you know, now a lot of people call it a unique voice. Some people call it a very off-putting voice. <laughs> uh, but I think just taking my influences from the punk world and taking my influence from, like, glam metal and smashing them together, uh, I've come out with something that is sort of unique absolutely i don't i don't know most of the time it sounds really bad to me to be quite honest <laughs> okay man well if that's what you think about yourself like you really got the self-deprecation down i uh <laughs> self-deprecation is an important part of <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what i'm saying but uh i know what it's you like, mean it's always like it's always like the fucking final rap battle in eight mile you know it's like, you get it, you get it out there. It's like, yeah, my friend Cheddar Bob shot himself in the leg. What now? <laughs> exactly. You, you say it because I don't know. You get it out there before other people can, I guess. Yeah. No, I totally understand that. And so you guys um, coming up again. You, you guys are, I mean, basically trying to be a punk band, but you're trying to be Sebastian Bach and <laughs> Lucas Shredding. Um, yeah. And you guys basically developed the sound. But, you know, also you're sort of a political band in a way, but then you're Mm. kind of in the metal scene, kind of in the punk scene, kind of in the like, you know, hardcore scene. But then literally you are not taking yourselves seriously at all. And that's one thing about Protest the Hero that I think makes you guys even more unique than just your sound is your attitude. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, like everything in our music sounds so dead serious, right? Right. And it really doesn't represent the people that we are very well, you know, Um, because none of us are incredibly serious people. 
Like sometimes the music might even sound intelligent, but you know, we're not very intelligent people either. But, um, you know, we really want, we want to make an example of the duality of our character and just show people that though it might sound deadly serious, we're not super serious about it. You know, there is some comedy to it. There is some tongue in cheek stuff. And we just want to kind of promote, I guess, guess promote the fact that we are, not as serious as it might sound. That's absolutely makes sense to me, you know, but I remember seeing shows where, you know, you're, you're headlining like the sound Academy in Toronto, like 2,500 people there. And you're just like smoking a cigarette on stage being kind of like, it's almost like half comedy. Um, which, you know, like it's, it's just, you know, you're saying things that are completely ridiculous and you know it's it's like i can't really think of any other band in your scene that that ever did that and did did you get that from no. any did you get that from anyone else or is that literally just your your personality or or is that also you talked about how you get nervous on stage was that also a way to combat that yeah, it's, it is a little bit of all the things. But, I mean, again, it comes down to, like, going to Warp Tour as a kid and seeing no effects, and they'd be making jokes on stage in between songs. And, right. You know, all those bands that were doing stuff like that. Like, I, I think you do a little bit of it as well. Like, the last time I saw you guys, you were, you know, you were joking about a bunch of stuff pretty good on stage. And uh, I think that probably comes from a very similar place that mine comes from, which is, you know, like, I didn't... I just growing up watching the bands that I really enjoyed and yep. they didn't take it overly seriously. Like a lot of the heavy metal guys do. No, absolutely. Exactly. That's, I mean, you know, you know, something like, um, you know, someone like Keith from every time I die is similar to that too. You know, he's uh he's yeah. definitely a guy that, that like doesn't take it seriously. And you know, us being all kind of growing up in the same area, you know, that could have something to do with it, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm just looking at my notes here for a second. I also keep having someone calling me, and I have to keep declining the call, which is super annoying. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's funny. So you guys, I mean, you guys get going. Um, you have this sort of, you know, personality. You have this these fans now. Um, do you ever feel like people are expecting you to be funny, and there's days when you just don't want to be? Oh my god! Like, I don't, I don't know if they're expecting it but like there are definitely days where i am nothing that resembles funny right like but i'm trying i'm trying my <laughs> best you know like i go cuz i don't think about what i'm going to say before i go out there i just it's like super zen right <laughs> like i go out and just let it whatever happens happens whatever comes out comes out um and some nights nothing comes out you know like i just sit there and make stupid like fart and dick jokes and people go wow this guy's dumb and they're right <laughs> <laughs> oh man have you guys ever played luxembourg we have played luxembourg yes was it like a crazy quiet room um or was that just us no when we played we played there twice and one time i don't remember the second time one time i um we, one time we played and it was fucking crazy show, which which was surprising yeah. because like Luxembourg for people that don't know it's like it's like a very small country that's like basically right beside France and people speak French there and you know France is not a rock hotspot so we had like a wild <laughs> wild show there and it was awesome 
Um, but like yeah. the quiet place for us is like always Japan. Like they're dead quiet in Japan. Oh yeah, yeah. They're very attentive, right? So they want to like see exactly what you're doing. So some dick jokes didn't go over too well in Luxembourg, is what you're trying to say? Oh my god! You know what? Like I feel like my jokes were bang on that night. <laughs> like I really, I was on fucking fire. But every single thing, it was like I'd finish saying it and I just met with like a room of silence. It was like I actually. <laughs> The song Sex Tapes, it starts with like a vocal pickup, and I whispered it without the microphone, and our merch guy heard it. Oh, man. <laughs> like, it was crazy quiet. I, like, I don't know if they were being like crazy respectful or just like really hated it, <laughs> but... I don't know. Uh, some, it, I, it was the most insane thing I've ever seen in my life. Some of, those place, like, some of those places where they don't get a lot of shows, I think sometimes kids just don't know what to do. And in yeah. Luxembourg, they might not have understood you very well. That's a very good point. <laughs> yes. I don't really cater very well to non-English speaking audiences. <laughs> no, it's it's hard. I mean, we just got we just got out of France actually yesterday. We played two shows in Lyon and in Paris and like it's definitely one of the hardest countries to kind of convey your message. When, when you go to France, do you ever use the like Quebecois Francais that you learn in elementary school? I don't really know any. Um, I know, I know like for people, for our American listeners, like I'm really good at food translations because everything on our food is in English and French, (laughs) you know? So like I know I can read a menu in France easily. Uh, and then there's certain things like, I was like, man, the show is like so sick. So I'm like, you know, say malade, which I'm not sure is the (laughs) exact translation, you know, but uh, I thought that was funny. Yeah, this entire crowd is ill. <laughs> I know like the words, the, I know the vocabulary, but I don't really know how to tie sentences together in French. And that's, it's kind of hard to start speaking when you just don't even know how to say like the little shit words, you know? Oh, yeah. I try it every time, but most of the part, like for the most part, I end up just like making fun of the French that I know, because as soon as I start speaking it, people start laughing. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially with the Quebecois, like, they think it's so funny in, in France. Yeah. Like, you're up there going, Tabel Neck! And they're going, what? What about <laughs> I don't it? think they know Tabernack, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, you guys got going, and, and, you know, you brought in Chris Adler of Lamb of God to play drums on one of your records, and he seems like a pretty serious dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean... How, how is his personality <laughs> meshing with you guys in the studio? He like, hello. Yeah, I'm here. You got me. Yep. Okay. He is pretty serious. I mean, you watch an interview with him; he seems dead serious. But I mean, he's really funny. Oh yeah. He is very, very funny. But I mean, at the end of the day, like he's super chill. So it comes off like, you know, he's a dead serious guy when he's just chilling. But yeah, he was he was awesome. Like that was kind of weird for us because we were like, oh my god, this Chris Adler, he's a big deal. He's amazing. Yeah. Love Lamb of God and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, it was, it was really cool how quickly he agreed to do it. And he was such a nice guy. And he said such a good things about the record. I was really humbling experience. I friggin' love that guy. <laughs> yeah, man. No, I, I have met him and he is nice, but he did seem very, very serious. So, yeah. uh, so I just was wondering, I just picture that dynamic and, you know, did you guys ever do anything live with him or just just uh, the record? No, just the record. 
Um, I don't know. We're still kind of, well, for me anyway, like I didn't spend that much time with him. You know, the other guys were in there kind of teaching the songs, playing the songs with him, and then, you know, recording the songs with him. And I just kind of came in one day and was like, hey, Chris, nice to meet you. Good job. <laughs> That's cool. You know, so I didn't I didn't really spend that much time with him. So I'm still kind of like starstricken by him a little bit. Right. You know, so I would never call him up and be like, you want to do this live or what? So, uh, yeah, I don't know that it'll ever happen, but it'd be really neat if it did. No, absolutely. Absolutely. We got to take a quick break to hear about our sponsor, but I'll be right back with Rody from Purchase the Hero. I just got sent awesome new wireless earbuds from Raycon. I opened the box, opened up my phone, and literally in less than a minute, I was jamming out to my favorite tunes. What struck me right away was how well these fit, and then how amazing they sound. Definitely more bass than my other wireless headphones. But the biggest game changer is the price. The E25 earbuds they sent me start at half the price of other premium wireless earbuds on the market, have six hours of playtime, and really are super comfortable, whether it's music, conference calls, or binging this podcast. And there's no dangling wires or stems to distract other people if you're on a video call. The company was co-founded by Ray J and celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Mike Tyson, and Melissa Etheridge are just a few people obsessed with with Raycons. Whether you're working from home or working on your fitness, you want what you're listening to to be what you're listening to, not the other distractions from the room. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds, but before you drop hundreds of dollars on a pair, check out wireless earbuds from Raycon. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash LSS. That's B U Y R A Y C O N dot com slash LSS for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buy Raycon.com slash LSS. If you're in tech, you've been there before. Feeling the pain of hiring a freelancer or new employee for designer development only to find out months later that it's not a fit. And those types of mistakes aren't cheap. Instead, Mutual Mobile, a digital technology consultancy, uses the process it's developed over the past 10 years, delivering over 600 client projects to ensure your fast and beautiful mobile or web app is finished on time and within budget. Mutual Mobile has built apps for numerous companies that have been acquired, such as Eero, acquired by Amazon, FlexDrive, acquired by Lyft, and MapMyFitness, acquired by Under Armour. You get a dedicated team to help you with your tech project from start to finish, from ideation to product shipment to maintenance and everywhere in between. Mutual Mobile designs and builds beautiful mobile and web apps that increase the value of your business. If you have design or development needs, schedule a free 30-minute consultation at mutualmobile.link slash LSS to get started. That's M-U-T-U-A-L-M-O-B-I-L-E dot L-I-N-K slash L-S-S to get started with your free consultation today. Now, as you guys know, 
I'm pretty nerdy. I mean, I've already got my Rogue One tickets for this weekend. Uh, I'm really excited for, apparently they're launching 100 new Pokemon uh, in Pokemon Go. I think today is going to happen. So I'm like checking my phone for updates. So I am definitely on the geeky side. I always have been. Uh, That's okay because geeks are cool now. But uh, if you are like me and you're on a quest for epic gear, housewares, and collectibles this holiday season, you got to check out Loot Crate. Loot Crate offers an epic range of pop culture items for less than 20 bucks a month. So whether you're shopping for the geek in your life or you are that geek, Loot Crate is the best surprise you know is coming. Every month there's a different theme and new exclusive items you can only get with Loot Crate. Everything's exclusive. It's really, really awesome. So treat yourself every month or give the gift of geeking out to a friend or loved one. They're always watching. They've designed a system to keep you down. They're meddlesome. Hello, friends. It's time for a revolution. So fight the power and pave the way for a brighter tomorrow with December's rebellious crate featuring exclusive items from Assassin's Creed, Mr. Robot, Firefly, and more, including an exclusive Funko Pop figure, our monthly t-shirt, and pin. Now, for the holiday season, Loot Crate is launching one of the deepest discounts they've ever done, 15% off all Loot Crate subscriptions. So how it works is you have until the 19th, December 19th, at 9 p.m. to describe, and you get that month's crate, the one I just talked about. But when that cutoff happens, that's it. It's over. So you have until the 19th, 9 p.m. Pacific. So what you got to do is you got to head over to lootcrate.com slash leadsinger and enter the code GIFTING15, that's one word, GIFTING15, and you're going to save 15% off all Loot Crate subscriptions. Now, this isn't going to work with the new stuff they have like Lootware, Loot Anime, Loot Gaming. That stuff's all awesome too, but this is just for the OG Loot Crate. And it does work domestically and international. So if you're internationally like me, because I'm from Canada, check out Loot Crate. They have really, really great deals for people outside of America. So you got Christmas coming up. This is a pretty good gift. So check it out. Lootcrate.com slash leadsinger and enter promo code GIFTING15. So I got to talk to you a little bit about, um, you know, you've said multiple times that you're not intelligent people. Um, you know, you, you, you always down, you're downplaying this all the time, but you guys have done some kind of interesting stuff, band related business stuff that not a lot of other bands are doing. The first mm-hmm. one was the crowdfunding thing you did, uh, which raised a tremendous amount of money, you know, and then now doing the subscription songs where you're putting out, you know, one song a month for six months. And, you know, you just talked about how you're, you're making a, a, an EP now of those songs that you've already kind of released to your fans. Now, where do all these ideas come from? Um, and, and kind of why are you tr- taking this approach rather than the more traditional, you know, putting out a record every two years and touring approach? Yeah, I mean, we did the put a record out tour on it for two years, put another record out for some time, and it was good for us. But at the end of the record cycle, it was like, we're broke. Like, we have to put out another record, and we have to get back out on the road, you know, to put food in our mouths. Yeah. And so, I mean, like, necessity is the mother of invention, right? And it was like, we just, we had to figure out some new way to do it and mow kind of came to us and was like, look at all this money these video games are making on this Kickstarter thing. And we were like, would that be applicable? And then we looked at some other bands that had done it. And uh, it was all just a go from there. And after that, it was like, you know, it seems like 
the industry is changing. And as opposed to resisting that change and trying to stay the old model, um, we're just doing our best to embrace the change. Yeah. And, um, you know, like these ideas that we're, that we're using aren't original to us in any way, shape or form. We're just, you know, trying to stay with the current things that seem to be working. We're trying to, you know, ride the wave. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it is smart though, what you're doing and it does seem to be working. It seems like you guys don't have to tour as much maybe um, because you guys kind of own your own, music you know guys kind of do everything on your own terms um Mm -hmm. you know is is that accurate it is i mean um you know it would probably be more financially beneficial to tour a lot more but um we're doing okay you know we're we're working hard enough that it's like we're surviving um and it's it's really not a great time for us to be, you know, out touring our asses off. Uh, and maybe that's because of lack of drive. But you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. Like you know, Timmy's got a kid, and uh, there's a bunch of stuff that's really preventing us from going full time. And one of those things is the burnout, right? You know, when we were younger, we we toured a lot, and you know, a couple of guys burned out. You know, that's one of the reasons I I think Mo and Arif left the band. Yeah. Was they were burnt out on the road. Every time during the 2011 touring cycle, we were talking about, you know, well, we got to go here, we got to go there. And they'd be like, nah, I don't think I can do it. You know, and it's like, I respect that because I feel that sometimes too. You know, like when tour's coming up, I kind of go, ah, it's just like uprooting my life. But in the same it is the thing that has afforded me, you know, everything I have, my, my life, my happiness, all of that stuff. So I sometimes take it for granted, but it's, it's very important. And we're just really trying not to burn each other out. Right. You know? Well, I mean, every band that has longevity has a system, I guess that has to work for them. And, um, yeah, I mean, with Silverstein, we just don't stop. <laughs> and, yeah, no. Uh, I'm, I have a weird thing where I'm like, when I'm home, I kind of wish I was on the road. When I'm on the road, I wish I was home. And oh, yeah. It's pretty much 50-50 that I am on, you know, at home or on the road or maybe even on the road more than 50% of the time. You know, so that's kind of like my life exists on the road just as much as it does at home. So. It's weird because I can hey, you guys go fucking hard, man. We do. We always have. And, and it's like weird because I people say, oh, I'm burnt out. OK, well, I, I might be burnt out at being home. Whereas other people yeah. are like, what do you mean burnt out at being home? Like home is home. Well, not really for me, you know, so. Yeah, so no, I get that. Like that sense of like cabin fever, right? Yeah. You're cooped up and you just need to get out. Exactly. You know, and I, I certainly have felt that at times, but. In the past few years, I really haven't felt that as much. You know, it's like this hunger for some sort of normalcy has sort of arisen inside me. Um, And I like a schedule, sort of. Absolutely. And tour just doesn't really provide that. But in the same, I do love being out there traveling and all that stuff and playing shows for kids that like it. But I think my hunger for home outweighs my 
you know, my hunger for the road. Right. But you're, you're gearing up for this, uh, this tour with August Burns Red. Is that going to be, that's going to be the longest tour you guys have done in a while. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it's gotta be what, like a full five or six weeks. Yeah. But I'm, I'm actually, I'm excited about that, you know, because again, this is our first time not headlining in probably two or three years. And, uh, just playing like a shorter set, like not having as much stress or pressure on me. I feel like I'm really going to be able to go out there and enjoy it. Yeah. You know, and, uh, the singer from August Burns Red is like, crazy huge jacked and i'm gonna try and pick up as many freaking tips from him as possible <laughs> yes he is yes he is he's uh he's a good friend of the show absolutely mm-hmm. jake and um yeah he's got his like he's got his own like weightlifting company and stuff now he's like he's, yeah like, and, like super fitness apparel it. and stuff so yeah you never struck me as like a big big time jack guy are you working on uh working on their pipes uh past few years i've been Lifting a little here and there, nothing to write home about. But maybe after this August Burns Red tour, maybe I'm thinking about shaving my head and trying to look just like the singer August Burns Red, and like walk around as his like little Vern Troyer, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we just watched all the uh, we just watched all the Austin Powers movies like on the last tour. We had like a movie, yes. a movie day where we watched like all three of them, and man, those things still hold up, dude. They really do. I mean, <laughs> they really stupid. do. Stupid, like they're stupid as fuck, but I love them. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Like, un- like I, if anything, those movies are underrated. Yeah, we did a <laughs> tour where we, uh, we we came into the Austin Powers music, and like we had quotes play in between songs from it. And it was going real great. People were really receptive. But when we got to the UK, they thought we were, like, fucking making fun of them. Oh, <laughs> like, they thought it was yeah. just, like, a jab at them or something. And it was like, no, like, just just a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's funny. Uh, yeah, I'm I actually, think the last time I saw you was in the UK, actually. And I'm in the UK at right now. Sonosphere. I'm in the UK right now, actually. I'm, I'm in London. Oh yeah, um, yeah. That is the last Beauty. time. That is the last time I think I saw you. I think we were talking a lot about the maple leaves. Yeah, oh yeah. Which uh, God help us all, but <laughs> it's a pretty exciting time right now for the maple leaves, though. Well, yeah, with the new kid, you know, Matthews. Uh, yeah, scoring all the goals. Well, for the first game, anyways. Well, yeah, and then taking a little break from scoring the goals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little break. All right. No, um, no. Nah, I, I mean. We'll talk about sports for a minute. People like that. You're, are you a big hockey fan? I am, yeah. I mean, mostly just the Leafs, right, which is a horrible thing to be a fan of, essentially. But I love them. I don't know why. You know, I grew up playing hockey like most people in Canada, and that was the team that I always cheered for, and I came back. <laughs> yeah, that's a rough, rough existence. Like, um, I always think of that propaganda song, you know, when – it's like uh, yeah. I like the maple leaves. I like the maple leaves. They remind me of yep. me. Um, and then he goes. I don't remember the next the next line, but basically just how. Yeah, he talks about how they're, you know, the franchise is kind of reviled. Yes, and all sorts of stuff. Internationally reviled. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which there's the self deprecating thing. Um, speaking of propaganda, yep. you guys shared a bus with propaganda, and they're kind of like your heroes. Um, oh fuck yeah! How was that dynamic? And obviously, like 
they're a very intense band uh, politically, but they actually have kind of a a super like funny, like not serious thing about them too. So how, how did you oh, guys yeah. get along, and how was that being on kind of sharing a bus with your idols? It was interesting. Like when they're introducing themselves, being like, "Hey, I'm Chris. I'm Todd. I'm George. I'm the Beef." We're just going, "Yep, I know. Yep, yep, I know. Yep," and you're just feeling like. <laughs> such an idiot you know because there's like in reality there's very few people that i'd feel star stricken by in my life you know because i don't care that much but it's like this is my favorite band this has always been my favorite band for as long as i can remember and it's like meeting them for the first time just being so nervous just being like oh my god i gotta kick off these shoes i think they're leather you know and like (laughs) (laughs) all sorts of like little things just felt so like weird and then like the first night had a couple drinks tried to buy todd a drink didn't know that he doesn't drink felt like an idiot but you know stayed up with a couple of the guys and shared a couple laughs and it was like all right just chill out like they're just dudes it's cool and then you know the rest of the tour we had a really a really good time with them they're really down to earth nice guys and you know, I'd, I would call them friends now, but it feels still weird in my mouth. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's always a funny thing when you become friends with your idol. Like, for me, it's like, you know, Fat Mike, who I like. Oh, yeah. For some reason, like, I don't see him for a couple of years, and I, like, think he's, like, not going to remember me or something. Like, I'll see him yeah. at a festival, and he'll, like, he'll be like, like why aren't you talk? Why aren't you talking to me? Like are you mad at me? It's like no, I just like think you're not gonna like remember me or something. I don't know why. And he's like, what the hell are you talking about, man? It's you know, it's like it's that's just, fucking amazing. It's just funny how you know you you never lose that that kid like thing, you know? Oh yeah, um, the childlike glee. Have you had younger bands come up to you like that and say, "Oh my god, like you're the reason that I, you know, became a singer" or anything? Um, yeah, we, we've had a couple people over the years be like, oh, yeah, you're the reason I started playing guitar. I, I've never had anyone say, you're the reason I started singing. <laughs> That's for <laughs> damn sure. Uh, but, yeah, like we've had a, a handful of kids over the years or people in other bands come up and be like, hey, man, like this record made me want to play music. And like that's a really cool experience, I think. Um just having anyone be inspired by something that you did and you know especially if they go on to success themselves it's like sure frig that's like that's a really interesting and wonderful feeling you know i'm sure you guys have had a fair share of that as well yeah yeah it, ha- it happens from time to time there hasn't been like a big big mm-hmm. one yet though you know where, like, oh, there's, can, there like, hasn't been any big big ones for us either i want to really call on that favor one day you know yeah. I'll be like, oh, I'm an influence of yours and you have a mansion? Like, I'm coming over. You know what I mean? Yeah. You owe me all of your I'm... success. Yeah. <laughs> that We're like Drake. Yet. Oh, you know what? You know who I heard the other day? Uh, fuck. That girl from the – you must have heard this. The girl from the movie uh, Suicide Squad? Yes. The one that – did you see that interview? Yeah. She um, – what's her name? Margot She mispronounces Robbie. it. She says yeah. she, she, we, got, we got steined, yeah, as we say. Yeah, uh, she called us Silverstein, but we were the first band she mentioned as when she used to listen to metal. So, yeah, and we're she a metal said the band heaviest of the heavy metal. Heaviest of heavy metal is Silverstein. Yes, <laughs> that's right. I can believe it. I was just watching that. I just went, "Whoa, 
fuck yeah. Oh, and you, you better believe it. The first thing I did was got on Twitter and sent her a Twitter like message like immediately. <laughs> I was yes. like, notice me. Like, can we, are we married yet? Yeah. Please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was like, that was so cool. I was so fucking pumped about that. Yeah. And- like, yeah, she mispronounced it, but it was like, cool. She's a fucking human being. The turd of like. <laughs> that's right it's it's super funny and it's funny because the only reason i was actually watching it on tv because metallica was on uh jimmy oh. fallon right yeah yeah so that's mm-hmm. why i was i was watching it because obviously you have to i mean it's metallica can't miss that that must have been so like so surprising and strange for you <laughs> like you're just there for metallica and all of a sudden this like super famous celebrity tosses your name out you know what i'll be <laughs> honest i missed that part i came in after uh, I was like taking a piss or something and I missed that part and then my phone started blowing up and I was like, oh, <laughs> so I, re- so I rewound it, uh, yeah, yeah. on my TV, which is a thing you can do now. And, uh, oh, yeah. then I heard it, but no, it was, it was a funny, uh, it was a funny thing. And, but so far, no, uh, no word back from Margo, but if Margo, if you're, uh, if, if <laughs> I know you're not a lead singer, but if you want to come on the podcast, uh, I'll, I'll break the rule for you. If you're listening. <laughs> that would be cool. That would be cool. She's a, ba- she's a babe. Anyways, yeah. uh, dude, um, what else do I want? Well, I got We got to talk about a little more about Stay Warm, so people know. December seventeenth, eighteenth, seventeenth is Silverstein, eighteenth is Protest. River Oaks also playing on the eighteenth. So many great bands. American Nightmare. Are you kidding me? Citizen. We got Code Orange. We got Flatliners. Wilhelm Scream. A number of other successful and great bands will be there. So you guys have after um, you do that show and you do the, doing the tour. What's your plan moving forward with new music? Are you guys going to do more subscription based stuff, traditional record? You know what do you? What's your plan? I don't. I don't think we'll revisit the subscription thing again because you know, like it was fun and it was a really interesting uh, relationship that we gained with the fans, but. Uh, in like a strictly business sense, it doesn't grow the band at all. <laughs> sure, you know, it doesn't no, even no. give no. it doesn't even give the opportunity to do that, right? Yeah, because like, it's just so cut and dried. It's like this is for our fans and our fans only. So as much as it was an enjoyable experiment, like hustling our asses to write a song a month and releasing them and seeing what people thought immediately, um, it was. I don't know. On top of the fact that it didn't grow the band, it it also was pretty strenuous. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like having to write one of these friggin' songs in one month. That was pretty tricky, but whatever. It so, happened. So it's you guys, over, but we're moving on. So you guys did it legit like that? Because I would have just assumed you guys just had six songs and then you just waited and put one out every month. No. I mean, we had the first two songs kind of written when we started it. Yep. Uh, not recorded at all or anything like that. And then after those first two songs, it was like panic time. <laughs> it was <laughs> like, we actually have to get this done. Um, it was cool. I mean, it was a lot of fun. Because uh, like, you don't have time to second guess yourself. You don't have time to go back and change a bunch of stuff. It's just like, it is what it is. We did what, it, what we did. And like, we have to release it. If people like it, that's great. If they don't, nothing we can do about it. Sure. So it was a really interesting thing. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Somewhat stressful. <laughs> cool, cool. No, well, 
definitely looking forward to new stuff, uh, and it's going to be rad. You guys are getting back out there for a big, long support tour. Should make yeah. you feel like the old days a little bit. Yeah, hopefully. Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah. Anything else you want to uh, talk about? I don't know. Um, what are you guys up to? You're obviously in the UK right now. You're in there for five shows or? Mm, ten shows. Ten shows? Where the fuck are you going to play ten shows in the UK? <laughs> if, I wish they had guns here so I could kill myself. <laughs> uh, they don't have guns, though, unfortunately. The U.S. No, needs to take got- note, but... No, um, they got police sticks. <laughs> yeah, hit me in the head with a police stick, hard, very hard. No, ten shows in the UK is a lot, and we never come here ever. Uh, like, yeah, I think we've played. You know, as you say, you saw us, Sonosphere. Uh, like, mm-hmm. that was how many years ago? And that that's like, I think since then we've been here twice, and we just played London twice, and that's it. Yeah. So no, we we don't. I don't really like the UK to be honest with you. So yeah, ten shows is, is pretty, no, yeah, that's pretty hectic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't mind the UK. Like, I, I got a lot of friends there that I really uh, enjoy, and like a lot of bands that I like come from there. So it's it's cool to go there. But you know, like the weather, the food, the common complaints against yeah. the UK are all things that I commiserate well, with. I find the UK fans uh, to be kind of fickle and. and um, it's so press driven here, you know, and, and I talked a little bit, we didn't quite get into it with Frank Turner about this, but the one that came out today, you said you listened to, but like, you know, if you're not getting yep. press, if you're not on c- cover of Kerrang, uh, you know, people aren't coming to your shows. Like they really, you need to have that, like, you know, that's just kind of the way. Yeah, it you need to have here. that huge press machine behind you pumping people full of your shit, right? You almost, your you almost your... do here, I think. Otherwise, like, yeah. it's just not really happening. And people would argue that you get the press because, you know, people are at your shows. But it doesn't really work that way. I think it perpetuates itself in it. And, you know, you need to be saying something crazy on the cover of the magazine. You know, the same way, like, the Blur and Oasis, like, you know... Yeah. feud of the 90s like that was what where it all stemmed from you know and they were just mm-hmm. saying stuff so they could be on the cover of magazines and like in a way that's still the way the UK treats press and Koran comes out like every two weeks and they need something to talk about so you know there's a lot of um, it's just it's so press driven over here and if you don't have the press you, you know it's not happening for you and we don't have the press I don't have a lot of tattoos yeah. and I'm old and you know I don't know. I've never been addicted to drugs, so, you know, whatever. You're still very good looking. (laughs) (laughs) Man, uh, yeah, like, I've never really thought about it before, but, you know, we'll do an entire European tour, and I won't do a single interview, and then we get to, like, a UK festival, and it's like, oh, you got to be in that press place from this time to this time, and it's like, why? Yeah. You know, like, I've never thought about it before, but that's, like, that's where, for some reason, the press does match. Matter to I guess the people in the industry because it doesn't matter shit to me. Yeah, um, that's really weird. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. Press is a weird. Press is a weird thing too. I mean, like half the time you're doing it, and you don't really know. It's when you're in a foreign country, you don't even know like what it is if it's big, if it's small, like you know. Yeah, if it's <laughs> just, like a high school newspaper. Yeah, exactly. You never know the difference, and you just kind of do it, and you know, half the time I'm like 
not even saying things that are true and whatever. So <laughs> yeah, you ever do the like high school newspaper interview and only realize you're doing it like halfway through? Yeah, my favorite with those things is like some of the questions. You know, state your name for the record. And uh, how did <laughs> yeah. you guys get your band name? And it's like, well, 16 years ago this happened, and I've talked about yeah. it many times. But I guess I'll explain it to you again. A simple Google search would clear this up for you. Yes. And anyways, but uh, yeah, no. And yeah, you get about halfway through. But usually those people are sweet and like, you know, I don't I don't get yeah. some bands get kind of pissed or, or, or like dicks about it. It's like, whatever. Then you should have screened your interviews better. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. not the person's yeah. fault that they were able to get an interview with you. You know, no, it's kind of awesome that they did. Right. Yeah, no. We used to, I mean, there were times I swear like some of them were just there to get on the guest list oh yeah you know i one time had an interview with with a girl it was on warp tour actually where we talked and she didn't record it or write anything down <laughs> so i i was like you how's this work and she's like oh no yeah. no i i'll just i'll remember what you said <laughs> like, oh that's wonderful <laughs> okay sure sure yeah you can just write down whatever you think i said yeah that's wonderful <laughs> Shane told, massive racist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that she just, uh, uh, I'm pretty sure yeah. that she. She, she was probably there, just there to talk to you. Probably. I don't even think there was any publication. I think she just made it up. Yeah. You know. I did one where like the questions were just slowly getting further and further away from the band and like devolving into the more like stupidest things I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Like it started with, she was like, what what would be your tagger name if you were a tagger? Right. And I was like, oh, I don't know, Jeremy Taggart or something like that. <laughs> and then like it got to the point where she was being like, so what's grosser, pee or poo? And I was like, okay, this is, this is probably over, but it's poo. It's obviously poo. <laughs> it's obviously poo. <laughs> yeah. This interview, this interview is poo or pee both together. You ever notice it's yeah. impossible to, it's impossible to poo without peeing. Huh. Can you do it? You know I what? You I have. I, I I haven't pooed without peeing. Like this is really getting bad. But uh, yeah, I have shit like not in a toilet before. Have you ever done that? Yes, I have. Like just out in the wild. Yes, I have. Yeah, like I you, mean, we're in bands. We have you, to do that shit once in a while. Yeah, you usually end up pissing your pants. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Unless you're smart about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I really hope my wife's parents don't listen to this. No, well, I maybe cut that. Maybe I'll cut out the shitting part. No, no, keep it in. Well, I'll tell you a quick <laughs> shitting story while we're on it. This is a really weird episode. Um, one time we were playing at the Skate and Surf Festival in New Jersey, mm-hmm. and uh, woke up in the morning. We were staying. Well, we were staying in Victory Records like hotel room, like a couple because we didn't have any money. So they let us crash on their floor. Their hotel room is like a shitty motel in somewhere in New Jersey. So I, I wake up in the morning and I, I got to go. So I go to go in the bathroom, but one of the Victory Records girls like showering in there. So I'm like, ah, God, okay, I'll go to the lobby. But it was one of those motels like that, that doesn't have like a lobby bathroom. Do you know what I mean? It's just like a weird office. There's like no actual bathroom. Yep. So oh, yeah. I look like kind of around and I'm like, well, I, I like, there's nothing I can do. I have to, I have to go immediately. So beside the hotel, there was like a, they were doing some kind of construction and there was one of those like dumpster things, like where they throw all the like, you know, old wood or whatever that, you know, garbage in. So there was that and behind it was a chain link fence. 
So I said, well, that's the best I got. So I put my back, <laughs> oh, man. I put my back against the chain link fence and the dumpster's yep. like in front of me. So like no one can see me really. And I just like, I pulled out my pants and I, I let it rip. And, um, yep. as I'm halfway, you know, keep in mind, it's probably like, I don't know, like nine in the morning, maybe. I see a small child, about five years old, walking, and I'm like, oh, dear God, like walking on the sidewalk, and they can see in the crack between the um, dumpster and the chain link fence. So I'm just like, this is this could not be worse. This is the worst moment of my life. Nope. And the mom, I was, and the kid's looking at me, and the mom somehow didn't look at me. I, w- I was looking at the kid being like, please, please don't tell your mom I'm, I'm here against the fence shitting. The mom didn't see me. They walked right past. And yeah, and I it shit in broad daylight in New Jersey, which, hey, I mean, I, I had to go. I had no other option, but that's... Um, I want to make like a t-shirt of that incident. Like you just up against a fence, having a shit, looking at a child, yeah. and hushing him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know what to do. I remember afterwards, like, you know, I shit on the ground. I felt kind of weird about it. Oh, so yeah. I, I ended, up, ended up, like, being like, I can't just leave it here. So I, I was wearing, like, a plain white T-shirt, and I, like, sort of cleaned myself off and put the white T-shirt on top of my shit. Yep. <laughs> and I walked in, and I had That's... a hoodie. I had a hoodie, like, undone because I'd taken my shirt off. And I walked back in the hotel room, and everyone's like, uh, where where were you? And I'm like all sweaty and like shitty. Just up for a jog, boys. I'm just like, I it's just never, I didn't tell them. I was just like, uh, just downstairs, like whatever. I didn't, I didn't like t- tell that story for like at least a week because it was so awful and embarrassing. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. I mean, everybody's had, I mean, everybody that's toured in band has had a time like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's what I'm saying. It's, this is a real thing. That it happens with with guys in bands because you can't shit on the bus and venue bathrooms suck and sometimes there aren't any and you know yeah. the amount of like bad Chinese food restaurants I've had to go to the bathroom in it's just it's it's just the reality of the situation. <laughs> yeah, you know what's the weirdest part about your story is there are several members of our band in New Jersey specifically that have actually had to shit outside. Something going on, man. It's that New Jersey water. Something going on in Jersey. It's like from the, it's like the, the you know the good water from New York gets run off and all the crap, and then it ends up in New Jersey, and then we drink it. <laughs> I don't know, man. Well, hey, uh, anything else serious before we uh, we we uh, call it? No, I got nothing, man. Thanks okay. very much for having yeah. me on your show. Of course, uh, thank you for listening to it. It's cool, and um, I mean, I'll see you. Fuck, I'll see you in like a couple weeks. Yes, sir. Can't wait. Stay warm. 2016, it's coming. Toronto, get ready. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, 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 whoop. Awesome, man. Well, Rody, <laughs> right, th- thank, thank you, you so much, much man. Me. Yeah, take care, dude. You too. Bye right. now. So there's my chat with Rody. I really did tell that story. I, uh, you know, it's funny, the whole, edit, the whole unedited thing about this episode. Um, part of it, I was like, maybe that story's a little too hot for TV. Um, but I decided I'm going to keep it in, and I was thinking about editing certain things. And when I listened back to the episode, I said, you know what, let's just keep it raw this week. And I hope you guys appreciated that. And I can't have secrets anymore. 
Remember, if you're in Southern Ontario or Western New York or wherever, driving distance to Toronto, make sure you check out Stay Warm. And of course, 3 p.m. Eastern this Wednesday, All Access Club. I can't wait for you to join up. I can't wait to see you on Facebook. All the interaction we're going to have is going to be awesome. Some of the merch designs we're getting in are so rad, too. So please check all that out. I'm sure you'll hear about it Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern. Thank you to Rody for joining me, and thank you to you for listening. Here it is, as always, a track from the band of the week. This is Protest the Hero with Say La Vie on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. See you next week.
I almost forgot while I have you. If you're doing holiday shopping on Amazon, throw us a bone because it's so easy. Whatever you buy on Amazon, we get 4 to 6%. And how you do it is don't go to Amazon. Go to leadsingersyndrome.com slash Amazon. That takes you right to the Amazon homepage. You log in as normal. And anything you buy, like I said, we get 4 to 6%. And all that really adds up. So if you spend 100 bucks, we get 4 bucks, 6 bucks. All that stuff really does help. So please, if you're doing any shopping at all on Amazon, go to leadsingersyndrome.com slash Amazon. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week.